Zachary Bartles, pastor of Judson Baptist Church, and you're listening to Mimi Reads the Bible. Welcome to Mimi Reads the Bible, a podcast of Judson Baptist Church. This is the first episode of this podcast, and Mimi, many have told me that I shouldn't start another podcast because I already have four. But there's a reason this needs to happen. Um, and you can feel free to talk into that microphone. It's all right. Now, Mimi, is it okay if I use your full name or should we just call you mysteriously Mimi? <laughs> Either. It's fine. All right. Well, Mimi is what you might call a professional reader of the Bible. And by that, I mean she is so in demand that on weeks that she isn't reading the text, we've had um, riots We've had people threatening to leave the church. Yes. We've had people attempting to start small fires. Yes. And that, that's not true. That, that has never happened. But, but uh, They thought about it. At, at Judson, we have a rotating schedule of people who uh, will have – we used to call this pulpit duty at the church that I grew up at. Oh, really? Here we call it the lay leader. leader. The lay leader says the prayers, reads the scriptures. Uh, that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. And does the announcements, does the announcements, the announcements. And um, Mimi first started being the lay leader maybe six months ago, and immediately there was a buzz. <laughs> now, let me tell you why. There, I think there's three reasons. One is, she may deny this, but Mimi has a fun accent. No. That's, you don't? That's... <laughs> That is a falsehood. Well, you don't think that you do, but here's the thing. Everyone says, I don't have an accent because I sound like everyone from where I came from. Does that make sense? Did that thing that I said not just not make sense? Because I sound like everyone from the place where I came from. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, everyone that I grew up with talks like me, so I don't have an accent. Except if you turn on like Dan Rather or um, uh, who's that, the white-haired news guy? Uh, Cooper Anderson. Cooper, is that his name? Cooper something. Yeah. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Anderson's a better name, honestly. Yeah. Uh, or Tom Tom uh, Cruise on on you know movies. You know every, everybody who's trying to reach the entirety of the country, Mimi, they speak with a kind of neutral middle of the road, middle of the West, Midwest kind of non-accent. They really do. Name me some an A-lister from Hollywood, other than Matthew McConaughey, who's, who talks with some kind of, like, I'm going to murder you in your sleep, Southern accent, who has... Oh, no, he's smooth. Yeah? Oh, you like McConaughey? Yeah, he's smooth. He's, he's all right. I don't know. He seems, he seems unstable in real life, which is why maybe I don't see the smoothness as much. He's settled down now. He has a wife and Does a few he? Oh, good children. For him. Good for him. I liked him in a Time to Kill. That movie loved wrecks that movie. me. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, okay. So I don't know where I was going. Oh, right, right. Name me name me somebody who's got a, a non-Midwest accent, um, who's not like a character actor, you know. Right. Well, I think that the people you're talking about I'm have talking no about? accent at all. But I find that Midwesterners do have an accent. Now, name a word that I say as a Midwesterner in a strange way. Pop. Pop. <laughs> oh, that's a word that you don't like. But, but uh, well, there are... 
No, go ahead. I'm trying to think of words. Okay. That, it's a lot. It's oh, it's all the time. Being in Michigan, there may be some Canadian kind of stuff going oh. on. Route. Route? Instead of root or roof instead of roof uh-huh. or um, those kind of words. Milk instead of milk. That's, yeah. But that's also that? wrong. A lot of people say it. Yes, they do. Well, anyway, the, the thing is I'm saying that you have an accent and that it's charming and fun. Oh. And that's one reason why people love it when you read But But that's not the main one. The second reason is Mimi has a background in theater. And a flair for the dramatic, and I don't mean—I don't mean like the overly dramatic. I mean uh, a gift for dramatic reading. Um, do you have a degree in this field? Do you have a master's degree in? No, I, I have my—I um, have a degree, a bachelor's degree in education. Education, but I do not have a degree in theater. Okay. Although I did take theater in college. Were you in productions and stuff? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and I know I've seen um, a play that you are a little skit. It was more than a skit. It was, a, it was a kind of a short play that you wrote. Mm-hmm. So you've written some some stage. Yes, I have. Uh, for the stage, you've you've, mm-hmm. you've acted a good deal. I know that you were going back to Grand Rapids, um, the New Jerusalem there, not that long ago <laughs> for a, a production of some kind. And so that adds, I think, a little element to because especially if it's a long reading, it can mm-hmm. seem. And we have everyone stand. Right. That was something I introduced. Everyone stands, and it can seem like it goes a little long. But if Mimi's reading it, uh, it, it, I think it extends a little bit extra leeway to how long of a text we can read because uh, there's there's so much, not always so much passion, but there's so much emotion in it. It's got a little uh, vertical variance. It's not just... I love standing for the reading that... I- was how it was in Bible college. And I missed that when I came out of Bible school. And I really appreciate that. I like that. It's one thing I really like here at Judson. Well, good. We'll keep doing it. Yay. But the third thing I think, Mimi, Mm -hmm. is just that you're Mimi. (laughs) It's that it uh, factor that you can't, you know, the the magic fairy dust that's unquantifiable. (laughs) It can't be replicated. Often... Often imitated, never duplicated <laughs> Mimi factor, um, which is why when I told some people that we were thinking of starting a podcast called Mimi Reads the Bible, everyone, without exception, thought it was a spectacular idea. <laughs> and some people said, I don't know what a podcast is, but will you teach me and show me how to listen to it? Yeah, because I don't know what one is either. <laughs> so you don't listen to my other four podcasts? I don't know what one is. I don't, wouldn't so, know if I listened to it or really? not. Take yeah. a guess at, at what, what podcast means. Well, it's um, it's like radio on the internet. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. And you listen to it with. But how do you get to it? Well, on your phone, you can install an app like uh, a podcast podcast aggregator. The most popular one is probably Stitcher or Spotify. Only like only really really popular podcasts get on Spotify. But like Stitcher or I use one called Castbox. There's a million of them. And so you install one of these things, and then you just subscribe to them. And when a new episode is released, it pops up with a little number one or, you know, however many. <laughs> and then you, when you have time, when you're driving somewhere or when you're mm-hmm. walking your dog or whatever, you just pop it out and listen. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and and it's just a lot of fun because it allows you to connect with a lot of people. I saw the other day 
that 210 people had listened to our little lesson on the catechism that we did in the chapel with, wow. what, 16 or 17 people present. <laughs> now 210 people listened to it because it's you know, we put it in a podcast form, and so people from all over. Wow, that's so cool. It is cool. And, and I love also using anything that uses technology for good and redeems it because mm-hmm. the enemy is always there at the cutting edge of technology going, I'm going to use this to debase people and I'll use it for sin and mm-hmm. and to hurt people and spread lies and awful stuff. And so the church has also got to be at the cutting edge saying, no, we're, also gonna, we're going to use this because this belongs to God. Every, all of this does. And we're going to use it to promote the gospel or just to make people laugh and feel good or, you know, whatever the case, mm-hmm. without, without all that stuff. So the point of Mimi Reads the Bible, though, is Mimi reading the Bible. And so you're going to read today from First Samuel? Yes. I would have been embarrassed if I got the book wrong, where <laughs> Hannah's prayer is. <laughs> because you said you were reading this recently. Yes, I um, uh, belong to Bible Study Fellowship, and we are going through, um, we started with the Israelites leaving um, Egypt, and now we are up to First Samuel. And um, so... I just this past week, this was part of what I was to study, and I really loved it. And then in the lesson materials, it said that this was considered the Magnificat of the Old Testament and how mm. it points to then the New Testament and Mary's. A lot of uh, connections there, foreshadowings mm-hmm. of Mary, um, although I don't remember Elizabeth ever accusing Mary of being drunk while she was praying. Well, no. Um, that might be in the apocryphal or like <laughs> yeah. the Gnostic Gospels. Hezekiah. Are you going to read um, Are you going to read the, the little bit before it to give some context? We have to be careful not to read too much from right. the NIV because at some point you have to like get special written permission, but they're huh. pretty they're pretty kind with how much they let you use without without having to, you know, go to them hat in hand. Okay. Um I am reading from 1 Samuel, and in 1 Samuel chapter 1 is when Hannah prayed for a child. And um, so I will read uh, some of that right now because it really is um, beautiful how she was praying, but then Eli, where Eli was coming from, what he thought. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Peniah, and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah He gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? 
Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. I think that's so cool because Eli didn't even ask her what it was she was praying for, mm. but said, may the God of Israel bless you. And I think that's so cool in this story and how it continues to unfold. Do you think he was just trying to save face because he felt stupid? Like, have you have you ever accused somebody of something and then you find out you were way off base and your ears get all red and hot and you get all embarrassed? Well, <laughs> Not personally, I've heard it happen to other <laughs> people. <laughs> There's a lot of foreshadowing in there, though. Little, I mean, even just name dropping Hophni and Phineas, and we're like, oh, yeah, those guys. And then you've got uh, Eli, and the. And, and what about this repeating theme in the Old Testament of a wife that's loved more, and then a wife that's more. Um, uh, oh, good grief. What's the word? Fertile. Fertile, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I almost said potent, and I'm like, no, that's backwards. Hold on. <laughs> and, and, and then in this case, the wife who's not loved more, and I guess she's given the, the children as a consolation prize, rubbing that then in, in her fellow wife's face. And it makes me wonder if maybe uh, polygamy is a horrible, horrible idea. Yes, I, I, um, we've talked about that some in our class, that um, it is not, the fact that it's in the Bible is not God endorsing it, but showing how, you know, that was really awful if you were the, the wife who was not the one who was well-loved. Or you were the one who was looking at the other wife who was able to have children and you weren't. And I think it's interesting to see that the Lord had closed her womb because in that day, that really meant something if you were not able to bear children and, um, and yet her husband continued to, to love her mm -hmm. and, uh, and wanted her to be happy, although really in that day and age, she wasn't doing what she was put on earth for. 
Not an overly sensitive guy, though. What, what grade do you give him for, like, uh, <laughs> wife whispering? He's like, yeah. hey, what are you whining about? I'm, you got me, right? Yeah. Huh? You got me? <laughs> yeah. I'm like a hundred sons over here. Yeah, I don't think he actually did much to help her. And uh, it it's interesting to see as she leaves the um, temple that after even... Eli not asking her any questions or knowing her situation. But she went and she was able to be at peace and she was able to eat again. Um, And so uh, the Lord ministered to her during that time. But yeah, it's very possible that Eli was just covering up for the fact that he had accused her of being drunk. But, you know, being high priest, it's, it's like with Caiaphas, right? Caiaphas was motivated by horrible desires, um, hateful desires even, but being high priest that year, God prophesied through him. So even if, and obviously I was, I was even kind of being flippant, even if this was a case of, <laughs> oh no, oh yeah, uh, the Lord give you whatever you wanted, um, there's, there's an element of the, the office of, of high priest and God working through that. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting story and Really, you know, when you bring up God closing her womb, it occurs to me that happens a number of times in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It happens, um, I mean, Samson, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think God, I think we read that, or, or we just read that she's barren. But I mean, that's very common um, uh, with with uh, Rebecca, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Rachel, mm-hmm. where I think God withholds something for a time so it will be clear that he's the one giving it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with Mary, it's way beyond because it's not a case of I've closed your womb and then I open it to the natural way of, mm-hmm. of having children, but it's a supernatural, com- I mean, no one but God. Mm-hmm. We, we could say, you know, if we were cynical, maybe, you know, they stopped eating a certain kind of food that was interrupting her, you know, mm-hmm. physiology or who knows. But with Mary, it's, it's gotta be mm-hmm. divine. And with Hannah, it's, it's mm-hmm. clearly divine too, as, as the, the story comes out. And then there's the thing with the hair, no razor is going to touch your head. My son-in-law is part Indian and um, he wears his hair very long Cool, and it's that thick dark hair uh-huh. and but he always has it braided or in a yeah. something you know never just hanging loose and in, in his face or. does that now in in native american culture I, I i'm i feel like i'm always on the cusp of becoming completely obsessed with like especially our local like chippewa like like native american culture and religion i think it's so fascinating but is there a a spiritual purpose in, in for him in, in letting the hair grow long or is it just that's the way they do it i think that it's just the way that they, they do it and because uh, there's been times that he's cut his hair short but i think he just really prefers it long hmm. his um mother was a full chippewa and uh she always had very long hair and so you know i I have very thin hair back here, <laughs> and I thought if it was all long in front of that, maybe I could cover that up, but uh, I don't think my wife would take me seriously, and I don't think my congregation would either if I, if no. I did that. So. And that just puts more pressure on the hair falls off your head. 
That that was all you were going to read for us? Well, I, I didn't know how much. That's probably about as much as we dare, especially on the first time. Mm-hmm. We don't want uh, any of those any of those big publishing companies no. from Grand Rapids to come <laughs> swooping in like this striking, vengeful hammer of God and shut us down. So <laughs> True. <laughs> and maybe next week we can try a different translation and then we can just bounce around. Yes, that would be good. I always prefer the English Standard Version when I'm preaching, but you know what I've been getting into lately? The Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. I don't know that version. Oh, well, if you come up with any three letters, that's a version of the Bible now. Yes. There's so many of them. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mimi, for reading the Bible for us today. Thank you for listening and having me. I enjoyed it immensely. Look forward to doing it again. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can find us online at www.churchlansing.com. Scripture this week taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version. Copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, International Bible Society. Used by permission of Zondervan Bible Publishers. And don't forget, God's Word is there to be read all the time. You don't have to wait for meaning.